Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Welcome to Sports Day with Gary Belcher and Scott Sattler, a couple of footy legends covering all things sport for Kia. Kia's open season on now with match-winning deals and red energy for 100% Australian electricity and gas. Hello and welcome to Sports Day, Monday the 21st of December. What are we, Sats? We're four more sleeps till Christmas. Gee, this year's just absolutely Don't be one by. of those people that says, what do you mean? oh, God, it's going quick this year. Yeah, it has. It's flown. It's it's been super super busy. How was your weekend, mate? It was good. It was really good. It's um, adventurous. I'll tell you what I did love watching. There was the on the the PGA website. They had the father and son golf tournament over the weekend. This is stupid. And some of the the best players on the on the tournament so far on the circuit who have got their fathers who are you know, 65, 68, whatever it may be. And then you had Tiger Woods with his 11-year-old son, Charlie. They went 10 under as a Killing team. Him. Unbelievable to watch. He was driving the ball, well, not second shots. <laughs> he was putting the ball right near his dad's on the green. Unbelievable to watch. So you, you go and see it on, on YouTube, just put in right. Charlie Woods. And also the big news over the weekend was, of course, that huge win by Australia against India. Whoever saw that coming? I mean, very rarely do games go five days anymore, but to think it was going to finish after two and a half days and the scoreline that India got with the best batsman in the world yep. in that side as well. And the other big news, of course, was Sydney to Hobart. Yeah, Not gone. going ahead this year. Cancelled this Part year. Part of the staple diet, that is. Yeah, yeah. Something you watch uh, on Boxing Day when the MCG's washed out. Uh, mm-hmm. You put it on the uh, the uh, Sydney to Hobart. Hey, listen, uh, on that India making 36, that's one of our hot topics tonight. I want to ask this question to our listeners on one three hundred forty two fifteen thirty three, or you can jump on the text 0477-736-736. Here's the question. 36 mm. is pretty shocking. Have well, you had a worse experience than that as an individual playing sport or as a team? Well, Daly Cherry Evans scored more points in Origin <laughs> 1 at Adelaide Oval than all of the Indian batters. I love the way you turn that back into a, a state of origin chat. Are you going to talk about worst performances? Doesn't matter what sport. What doesn't matter? What about Dragons fans out there? How how unhappy were you in 2000 at the MCG when the Dragons played the Melbourne Storm and only days before Anthony Mundine had come out and called the Melbourne Storm pretenders, even yeah. though they were the, grand, the premiers from the year before, and the Melbourne Storm beat the Dragons 70 points to 10. Jeez. It was just, I'd never seen anything like it. I, I wouldn't have an issue too if Broncos supporters rang us uh, today and whinged about the Broncos having the worst season ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, three wins? And after losing their last game, having a gender reveal out in the middle of Suncorp. Yeah. 
I mean, that's got to be one of the worst performances. There's, there's also an individual performance. That was one of the most embarrassing performances, the gender reveal, <laughs> after the game. What about my eight ducks in a row? Club record at the almighty Lindisfarne Cricket Club in Hobart. Eight ducks in a row. It may have even been nine. It's legend. Yeah, but you batted number 11, and you're expected to get single figures best, at best. I don't expect to see my wicketkeeper padded up next to me whilst I'm waiting to bat. <laughs> We only had 10 minutes between innings, and it wasn't – there was no confidence, mate. There was no confidence. I remember the day I got off the mark, I broke the duck. My nice little edge through second slip for two. It was great. Should have been three, but, of course, I didn't run too many quick singles or too many quick twos. Hey, listen, uh, give us a call, one 1533 or shoot us a text, 0477-736-736. Those embarrassing sporting moments that you've been a part of after India's all-out – for 36. We're also talking off the air, Sats. Mm-hmm. And I'm a little bit embarrassed by this, but my, my wife has gone to another new low in our household. We're wrapping up some Christmas presents yesterday, and there was a five pack of new New Balance socks, right? Yep. This is not a paid sponsorship, so by the way. You already know what's going on so here. Th- yeah. Yeah, so this is my Christmas present, which I'm happy with. I don't care. Is this alluding into worst Christmas presents this like is, last week? Yeah, you... or even cheap wives, mate. I don't care what it is. But this five pack How of... much did she cost your wife? Is that what you're talking about? Cheap wives? No. Or... Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Can't, you can't say that. Sorry. You can't, you can't <laughs> say that. Anyway, uh, out of this five pack of socks, there's two pairs of socks missing. I'm going, where are the other two pairs? She goes, I had to gift those to someone else. <laughs> So, out of my five packs of socks, which is my only Christmas present, and I'm happy with that. I, I don't want anything. It's all about the kids, as you know. I've lost two pairs because she's giving those to someone else. And then, to make matters worse, I had to sticky tape up the, the cardboard bit that she's actually cut. That's cheap. It is cheap. That's very cheap. What are you, what are you and the missus getting for Christmas? Well, I think mine is a lot better than yours, okay? I don't think so. Well, we've bought each other a present. Okay, so I'm not buying her an individual present. We've decided to buy each other a present, and we're doing a llama walk. And a... <laughs> no, I'm serious. So you go over to the hinterland, and everyone gets their own llama. And I'm serious. And you put, and it's a picnic as well, a pizza picnic. So you take, you put your chain on your llama neck, and you take it for a walk. Apparently, you can't stand behind it because they spit. So you walk up with your llama for about an hour. And then you tie it to a tree and you sit down and they provide this picnic next to the stream. Well, you tie your llama to a tree. Yeah. I don't know whether you get to name your own llama. Larry. It would definitely be Larry. one three hundred forty two fifteen thirty three. Are you getting something like a llama walk uh, for Christmas this year? Or shoot us a text 0477-736-736. Uh, bad Christmas presents. Why not? It is the week of Christmas. Can I also say, yeah. I know Lou from Blackbutt, always thinks I'm very negative. I'm going to say something negative again, okay? And it is Turkish Delight. The worst chocolate. Why have we done this? Ever discovered. Why? I'm just off the top. Listen, I I saw Lou's name come up um, from Black Butt on our text message line, Mm. 0477-736-736, and she reminds me of things that I hate. Okay. And I, I was just thinking this afternoon, my wife tried to give me a chocolate and it was Turkish Delight. I said, anyone who eats Turkish Delight doesn't deserve to eat chocolate. All right. Okay. And for that, for rejecting that, she's taking you on a llama walk. 
Is that the punishment? <laughs> um, give us a call, one three hundred forty two fifteen thirty three, 1533 or shoot us a text, 0477 You can join us about anything here on Sports Day. Time for this. Sports Day, Sports Update. Our sports update, support local, australiamade.com.au. We talked about the 36 that the Indians made. Great yep. win by the Aussies in the first test uh, in Adelaide. Second test, of course, starts on Saturday at the MCG, the Boxing Day test. Not sure where the third test is going to be at the moment, although Cricket Australia are saying it's still happening at the SCG. But um, I don't know. We could see back-to-back tests in Melbourne, uh, which would be a nice reward for Victorians after the the terrible COVID period they've been through, Sats. Yeah, I... To be quite honest, I didn't know where the, where the third test was. I just knew where the Boxing Day test was. Uh, and I think during COVID at the moment, and I think we've just got to be happy to have any sport on TV, whether it's you actually attend in person or not. Um, so if Melbourne get both of them, or the Gabba gets it early, rather than what well, that's the fourth test, the last test, isn't yeah, it, the Gabba? The Gabba it's about the whether they get that early and allow Sydney to try and get through this next uh, next period of COVID, I'm not quite sure. It's all about the Melbourne test at the moment, the Boxing Day test. Yeah. Um, we do know Dave Warner's been flown to Melbourne to get out of New South Wales. Yes. So, uh, so there's no quarantine issues there. Uh, he's on standby for the Boxing Day test. Um, do you think, and we'll hear from Joe Burns in just a sec, do you think Joe Burns has done enough to hold his spot for the Boxing Day test? I think he has. Uh, 51. And yep. Yeah, I mean, to hit a six on the last ball actually to win, not only win the Test match, but also reach a half century. You and I were speaking about this on Saturday. What was going to be a, a reasonable score yeah. that he could get where the selectors may be able to take a little bit of pressure off him? And I, I, I always said I, I thought it would be a half century, but I don't think it actually saves his position. I still think they'll talk at length about his position in the side. What they will look at, is how confident was he in some of his strokes and some yeah. of his shots over cover and the hook shots. When you when you commit to a hook shot from a short ball, it shows that it shows that you have got a sense of confidence about your play. And he started to show that towards the end of his innings. Yeah, we'll get to that in just a sec. He did have uh, this to say this afternoon, uh, this afternoon, I should say, about his innings and and getting some runs. Uh, yeah, Jalissa, it was um, obviously nice to, to make some runs. Um, like I said after the game, um, my lead up to the game, I was obviously short of a few runs, but um, more than anything, it was just nice to get a little bit of rhythm. Um, I felt fantastic out there. Um, and <clears throat> look, just to get the, the job done on an amazing day for Australian cricket to, to back up our bowlers and um, just to, to finish the job really quickly was a really nice feeling. There you go, Joe Burns. And Sats, you were talking about the confidence uh, that he may have received from that innings. He had this to say. Yeah, it's funny how um, in this game, it's often one shot that can, can just give you um, everything you've been searching for as a batter. It's probably the first pull shot hit off um, Umash Yadav. Um, I think I was on four. Um, I just felt it out of the middle of the bat and it felt amazing. So... Look, I think all summer I've been really confident. I've been um, batting well, um, just without rhythm. Um, as I said before, to, to find some rhythm in the middle, um, often it can be one shot away. Um, but look, I just kept working hard. I've been in this situation many times before and you, you know how quickly it can turn. But 
at the same time, you you know, you go into next game and you have to start again. And, um, there's a, another job to, to do, but yeah, probably that shot in particular felt really nice. Hey, do you reckon Joe Burns has held his spot in the Aussie team for the second test? Shoot us a text, 0477-736-736 or uh, phone us on 1300-42-1533. Interesting. It was a great performance by the Australian team. The bowlers, uh, we've talked about it, Josh Hazelwood, Pat Cummins, were just absolutely amazing. You know what, Sats? I don't know. They could have been playing against anyone. I still reckon they would have destroyed them. The way they bowled, the Indian batsmen didn't really do a lot wrong, did they? Well, no, they didn't. And the good part about the bowling attack is the consistency of their balls. I mean, they weren't worrying about speed. Josh Hazelwood is a perfect example. And you try and probably compare him to Glenn McGrath. Glenn McGrath was a bowler very early in his career. It was all about speed. Try and get as much speed as possible. Try and get in the 140s, get close enough to the 150 kilometer an hour as a speed bowler. Then he all of a sudden started scaling it back, bowling 135. It's all about um, the consistency and the rhythm of your bowl and hitting the right mark every time. And you hit the mark, and it might may look boring where the opposition is just continuing to, to pad away, pad away, bat away, block, whatever it may be. And then all of a sudden they get frustrated. And one just sits outside offside, off, off stump and they try and swipe at it and, and get a nick, whatever it may be. I mean, the catch that the debutant Cam Green took to get oh. rid of Coley, absolutely outstanding. But again, it's through the tremendous bowling of, of uh, this. Let's look at some of the greater bowling attacks. In recent memory, you got Lily Thompson, Pascoe, Terry Alderman, who was one of my favorite swing bowlers of all time, came in sort of late towards Lily and, and those guys. But that was a tremendous bowling lineup. Then you look at McGrath, Gillespie, Shane Warne. Now you look at... Mitchell Stark, Pat Cummins, Josh Hazelwood, Nathan Lyon. If they continue on the trajectory that we think they are, the path that they are, we'll be talking about this this era of bowling as potentially the best era we, we've ever had for an Australian side. Yeah, right up there, aren't they? In mm. fact, uh, tomorrow night we'll have uh, Nathan Lyon on the show as well. I'm going to catch. You got to remember this, some of the experts. Jace have been saying this is the best Indian side they've ever sent to Australia. Absolutely. And yeah. through this is through, you know, the period of Sachin Tendulkar, Royal David, uh, Shaywig. Like those those players when they were playing for India, mm. when they were going through that period, they were really difficult to beat. This is apparently their best ever. Give us a call anytime, one three hundred forty two fifteen thirty three. Craig from Blacktown's on the line. He wants to talk cricket. And he's got a name for your llama that you're going to walk uh, as oh, well. Really? So that's g'day, Craig. Welcome to Sports Day. Yeah, how are you going? Yeah, good, 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 mate. What what have you got to say on yeah, the cricket? On the cricket, um, actually, I think I think Joe Burns um, has probably earned his spot uh, for the second test with that fifty, um, mm-hmm. because having played cricket before, once you once you're back in the uh, in the runs, you tend to to evolve and just keep going and going, hopefully. Um, but that will create a problem as to then what you do when Warner comes back, um, as to who who you're going to leave out. Are you going to leave out um, Cameron Green, or do you stick with him and, and drop somebody else? It's a, it's a bit of a hard one. Yeah, well, uh, there's talk today that Wade's probably the one to go, um, and they'll back Cameron Green. It's very interesting, actually. Or, or has Travis Head done enough? That's the next one. That's the next one. Travis Head. Yeah.
Yeah. But do you put weight at five? And, Very and interesting. It, and for the llama name, mate? Well, well, it's actually probably stolen from my daughter who who bought a toy llama for her dog mm-hmm. and named it Kendrick. Kendrick Lamar. That's very Kendrick Lamar. That is Lamar. Very I like that. Good. I'm going to take that on, Craig. Um, as a, a red-blooded Aussie male, will you be uh, going for a walk as a Christmas present with your wife with a llama uh, this Christmas? Is that what you're into? Not a chance in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Craig. You get our caller of the year, mate. Thank you very much for that. Have a good Christmas, You're Craig. breaking up, Craig. You're breaking up. <laughs> You're breaking up. Okay. So, 1-300-42-15-33. I didn't expect him to laugh. What about his response? Hey, Deserve he, it. he brings up a really good point. What happens with uh, when Warner comes back, and obviously he loves batting with Joe Burns. Now, has Cam- has um, Matthew Wade... Has he exposed himself by saying he'll open the batting? It's a good question. Mm. It's a very, very, very good point. Look for the green and gold Aussie-made logo to be sure it's authentically Australian-made. This is Sports Day for Kia's open season. Not now with match-winning deals. Seriously. Who goes for a walk with it? Kendrick Lamar. I like it. Very good. Thanks, Hey, when we come back, South Sydney supporters, get ready. Uh, Jason Demetrio, the Rabbitohs assistant coach, joins us next on Sports Day. You're listening to Sports Day. Have your say by dropping badge and sats a text. 0477 736 736. That's 0477 736 736. This is Sports Day. We'll be right back. We're back. This is Sports Day for Kia. Kia's open season on now with match-winning deals and red energy for 100% Australian electricity and gas. Yeah, welcome back to Sports Day. Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews here. It's important to buy Australian... Thanks to Aussie Made. Time to catch up with uh, South Sydney assistant coach Jason Demetrio. They're in the midst of doing some pre-season training and he's joining us right now on the phone. Pre-season for rugby league teams, has that changed in relation to the the amount of the volume of work you're going to put into your players seeing that the season finished so late? Oh, I think it will for your more experienced players who won't be back till January. Um, obviously, because we finished a week before the grand final, so we're that little bit later in the season. But, um, yeah, for some of our younger guys, it's probably gone up a little bit who, who didn't have much footy at all last year. So trying to get them ready after having 12 months without any footy is important. Um, so it's a bit of a balancing act at the moment. Now, when you said finishing the week before the grand final, I mean, when you sit down as a coaching department and you look back on the season, what did you come up with that you fell one game short of, of being on the, on the big stage? Oh, I just felt we probably didn't come out of pre-season both times well out of the COVID break and, and start the season. You now we were 1-2 and two at the, before the break from COVID and then we were 0-2 at the start of that. So we put ourselves under a lot of pressure at the start of the season and um, probably got to nail a few things around our uh, uh, injuries and getting blokes on the field and, and firing at the start of the season. So we're pretty, pretty focused on starting well this year. Joy Arrow? New recruit, good recruit as well. He's going to offer you a really good balance, especially with his you know, really late offloads in the game. And uh, how's he settled in first and foremost? And, and please tell me that he hasn't become an Eastern Suburbs boy this so early on in his first stint in Sydney. No, he hasn't actually. He's, mo- he's moved into Maroubra, so he's in the heart of South Sydney. Um, <laughs> he's, and he's been coming to training too. He's not due back, obviously. He played Origin until 
uh, January, but you know, he's putting his hand up and he's been coming in and got to know the players that have that have been training. And we just finished a session down here at Maroubra Beach on the hills and, and on the beach, and he was a big part of that as well. We're just talking uh, while waiting to get you on the line, Jace, about um, your injured players last year, your Mitchells, your Burns. Uh, how are they going uh, in pre-season? And even Cam Murray, is he back from that from that hamstring tear or is he still having time off at the moment? You know, I think Cam came, he was doing a lot of rehab on, on his hamstring. He's away now. He'll have a break now till, till the new year. But uh, he, when he left, he was in um, full flight and he was almost back to full training. So he'll start uh, from January 4. He'll be full training straight away. Latrell's um, hamstring's come along really well. Uh, he's actually running as good as I've seen him run for a while. Um, he's got a bit of work to do in terms of getting himself um, fitter, but the actual hamstring itself has, has come on really well, which is the main thing at this time of year. We're just talking about um, what's, what footy clubs would like to get from Santa under their Christmas tree, and I think uh, wouldn't you guys love to have Luttrell on the field for the whole season from Santa? Would that be a nice gift, one would suggest? Yeah, I think you know you got your key players, and Latrell's definitely one of those. I think he proved that at the back end of last year. But yeah, keeping him on the field is going to be important to us, um, having some stability around our key players for, for the season. And that's that's the thing in winning a grand final, you, or getting to the grand final, you need to have that element of luck around your key players at, at the right time of the year, and, and hopefully that we can get a bit of that this year. Now, Jaden Sewer. JC, I've watched him as a young player when he was coming through the Broncos system. Um, always been really super aggressive. That's one area of his game I've, I've been impressed with. Getting his first taste of origin, it wouldn't have surprised you, I wouldn't think, the way that he handled uh, that level of intensity so well, the way that he did. Yeah, I think it, this year's been a good year for him in terms of, um, I suppose, becoming a more professional NRL player and understanding the, the time timing of when he used his aggression and when not to and uh, playing a bit smarter than he probably did when he first came into first grade and, and that allowed him to go in origin pretty comfortable and, and knowing what his role was. He's really developed as a player uh, on and off the field, starting to mature into a, into a good NRL player and he's a weapon for us. He's, he brings a bit of fear into the opposition and um, I think every team needs someone like that. What about Corey Allen? I mean, I'm always interested... Jace, when I, you know, when I was playing, I'd see players come back from origin or representative duties, and and how confident they became, and just the little areas, and whether it's preparation or whatever it may be that they picked up from some of the players, the more experienced players around them. You've got Jaden Sewer, now you've got Corey Allen, who was superb in origin as well. Do you see, or do you usually see a a real, I suppose, a a rise in their development and and some noticeable differences in their game on and off the field when they come back from those representative duties? Yeah, we've probably seen that from Corey the last 12 months in terms of him understanding what it takes uh, physically to be able to play in the NRL and especially at fullback, which is his his key position. But the Origin's definitely given him that confidence. Again, he's been in a few times doing some extra sessions that probably wasn't one thing Corey would be putting his hand up to do, but he definitely doing that now, keeping himself in good shape so he can maximise what he achieved last year. And, and, you know, it's a crazy year for him considering if Latrell doesn't get injured, he's probably unlikely to play much first grade at all. And then not only does he play first grade, but he plays a starring role and then plays a starring role in a, in a series win for Queensland too. So quite a bizarre year for Corey, but um, it's great to see him develop the way he has. And it's, again, it's important for us because the competition replaces will, will be intense next year. 
yeah, sliding door moments. Now, on the flip side of that, Cody Walker, who is a super impressive player, super impressive human being off the field as well. And how does it, as a club, when he suffers the knocks that he does when he plays Origin, sometimes he's always been that, um, you know, the whipping boy of, of Origin. If something goes wrong, of course, he, he was really good when he came back in Origin this year at times. As a club, how, how does he? How do you do? You observe him handle those those setbacks when when they're put on him. Oh, I suppose it's just protect him a little bit, and making sure that he's aware of things that he did well, as opposed to the things that he probably didn't do well. And, and the most important thing is, Cody's an experienced player, and he he's had to work hard for his. Uh, I think he played a hundred games this year, but he he's probably earned a hundred games a lot harder than and most people have, as you know, Sats, he played. Mm-hmm. For a long time in the Queensland Cup and um, was a standout there and had to wait till he, I think he was 26 before he's made, he made his debut. So, you know, he understands the knocks better than most, Cody, and he handles them pretty well. Um, and I thought that was ever an issue when he played in Origin 2. I thought it was outstanding. Um, you know, and he had some moments in Origin 3. Had he not gotten knocked out, I think there would have been some nervous mm. Queenslanders if he'd have stayed on the field. But unfortunately, um, it took a bit too long for New South Wales to get some field position and, and start getting Cody some ball. But Again, you know, that's origin sometimes, you know, he's a half, he's a key playmaker and they wear the brunt of it when they don't when the team doesn't win. He understands that. But you know, for us I thought he's back into the year last year and his origin was, was really impressive and I know again he's in he's been in today doing extra training and, and it's amazing the guys that didn't need to come back in that have been putting their hand up and I think that's off the back of the excitement and the momentum we generated last year and, and hopefully we can take that and start of next year. His combination with Adam Reynolds is absolutely outstanding. Exciting for South Sydney supporters. Hey, Sats, I've mentioned this throughout the year, and, and later in the later in later in the season, Stephen Masters uh, appeared in the South team in, in the centres. Outstanding. I thought this 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 bloke's outstanding. What, what's his story, Jace? Where's he from? Uh, he's a Wollongong boy. Came through the St George pathway system. Uh, outstanding through the 16s, 18s, and under 20s competition, and then. Um, probably struggled a little bit full-time-wise in terms of, again, understanding uh, the, the difference in terms of making sure you're fit and healthy and doing the extra things that, that are going to make you a professional player and an NRL player. So, But he's adapting that well. There was a point last year I had a conversation with Wayne and I didn't give him some, some home truths and a, and a bit of honesty that he that he needed and he responded really well. And, and off the back of that, he, he earned the right to make his debut and, and did a great job for us for... I think about five or six games he played, but again, come into pre-season, he's got confidence now. He knows he can play at that level. It's just about getting himself ready, conditioning-wise, to, to be able to handle regular week-in, week-out NRL footy. Yeah, he'll be good. He'll be good. Has he got the biggest like. thighs, the biggest legs in the team? Has he got the biggest trunks? You know, terrible chafing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, him and Paddy Mago, that'd be a, be a rock-off between the two of them. But one's yeah. the front row, one's the centre. Yeah, exactly. Hey, uh, Jace, what do you make of the new rules? I think we focused too much on the, I was saying earlier on, the 40-metre field goal and two points where we know it's not going to happen that often. And you've got one player in Latrilla would be able to nail it and has nailed it on a number of occasions. But probably the most notable one is the ball going into touch. It's going to be a play the ball. How how will that change in relation to your focus on field position and, and how you play that new rule? I, I think there's a few of those rules. Such that are, that are important. I think that's definitely one of them. Um, that'll take away 30, 40 seconds of wasted time bringing the ball in to have a scrum. And, you know, it's always, at the moment, we brought in the 20 second rule, but it tends to, you tend to see that teams are just waiting for 
the, the time to run out before they feed the ball, whereas now they'll be turning it over straight away. So, you know, you're running out over the sideline and play three inside your own half, then, you know, you're going to be under the pump straight away. So I think that will play a little part in terms of speeding the game up. I'd also think the offside penalty that, that is going to go and, and pretty much be a six-to-go call again, which like I thought when they went six-to-go teams, deliberately you'd get offside and be, be willing to give away a penalty, especially if they led. Um, so that's going to be a bit of a game-changer as well. But the big thing, big one, I think, is which is impressing me, is the, keeping the players in the scrum before the ball's out. Um, you know, I thought it was a great initiative to be able to play the scrum wherever you, you wanted to on, in, in the field. But until we stopped back, row was breaking ridiculously early and halves not doing their job in terms of retreating to the base of the scrum, then it was almost impossible to attack from there. So I think I heard you talking before about some innovative coaches that have used scrum plays and set plays before. I think that's going to be exciting. But also I think it's going to be exciting for coaches because now you've got to adapt defensively and, and players, especially in their backs, are going to have to start being smarter and, and being aware of, of making decisions based on what the opposition's doing in a one-on-one situation from the scrum. So I think for coaches and for players, it's, it's going to be a nervous but exciting time as well. South's another team that scored a lot of points off, off scrums to their right, especially now. Uh, Wayne Bennett, uh, as a coach, Jason, you've had a fair bit to do with him now. Is he a coach that naturally delegates to his assistant coaches and you'd be very excited about the 2022 season when you officially take over as a South coach. As we get closer, is he delegating more to, towards you? Um, not really. Uh, I think for me, during my time at South, it's been more about, um, in terms of the transition, working with the pathways and, and, um, and our football management, and getting our pathways set up so that in 2022, when it's, when it's my time, I've got things underneath set up the way that I like them, which has um, been important for us. But from an NRL perspective, nothing's really changed. Um, I'm pretty hands-on, as I was in Brisbane with Wayne, and our role doesn't, hasn't changed at all, uh, to be honest. Um, you know, he backs his staff and he brings the staff in to do a job and he gives you the confidence and, and backs you to do that job. And I understand how to work with him now and he understands how I work, so we, we work really well together. And Ben Hornby's coming, he's worked under Wayne or played under Wayne at, at the Dragons and has a good relationship with him. You know, fortunately for me, I'll work with and get on really well with Benny from my time at the Dragons. So it's, we've got a good coaching set up and, and John Sutton's come in and doing some work now and through our pathways, but also with our uh, Black Rabbits team in, in the NRL. So it's, you know, we've, got a, we've got a good setup. Uh, Wayne, you know, he's not an insecure coach. He's been around, he's been there, done that. So he's, he's really good for young coaches coming in and, and learning their craft. Now, Jace, one thing I love is is the cameras in the dressing sheds. Now, it does have its downside, but one thing also is that it allows us to see the personalities of players, but more importantly, coaches. Now, I have listeners that constantly stop me in the street and say, do you know Wayne Bennett? What's he like? He seems like he's always grumpy. I said, no, he's actually further from that. Now, can you confirm to our listeners that that coach that is dancing in the dressing sheds and being part of the team, and that's not a put on. He, away from the... The screens. He loves to be part of the team and loves to be part of the banter amongst his players, doesn't he? Oh, that's why he keeps doing it. He just loves that that side of it. You know, the enjoyment that um, it brings to your to your day, to your week. That that performance gives you each week, and that's what he sells to the players, and uh, that's where he lives as well. He likes to enjoy it as much as the players do, and encourages them to enjoy their their highs as much as uh, focusing on their lows, because you know it's it's stuff. As you know, so a tough battle at times when the scrutiny can be quite tough. So you've got to enjoy the moments when you get them. And 
Um, you know, he definitely does that. But I think it's been really good to have for Wayne and his and his legacy in the future is to for people to see that side of him in the change rooms because up until there was cameras in the change rooms, no one would have seen that side of him. And um, that's that's the side that the players see. That's the side that the staff see, and it's good for for the fans to see that as well. Does he still still sit up the back of the bus, Jays? Oh, he loves it. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> one thing that the straight to the back of the bus. Um, you know, he's, especially when we're winning. But no, he's he's always done that. I remember Alfie telling me he's been yeah. doing that since he was playing. And um, yeah, it's just another way of him connecting with the players where he can. And you know, that's probably the thing I've learned from him the most is that ability to connect with the playing group. Um, regardless of their pay scale or their standing in the club, he, he makes an effort with each and every one of them and gets to know off the field as much as he does on the field. And, and those little things that just add to the humility of, of Wayne is what people respond to as well. So it's um, it's been good for me. Yeah, it was actually that vision of him on social media at the back of the bus after Queensland won the, the state of origin. He just he just looked up from his phone, smiled, and, and back down again. Jason, good luck for, for Christmas, mate. Anything planned? You got some time off, obviously, with the family? Yeah, we had our last session today. We got a, a bit of a Christmas too with the, the partners and kids, and then we're off for two weeks. So, yeah, looking, really looking forward to spending some time with my wife and daughters getting up to Tweed for a week to see my in-laws. So, yeah. Thankfully, the, yeah, it's south of the border, so that should be fine. Um, but yeah, looking forward to it. Looking for this is an important break for us. It's where we get to really just take two weeks off, and before the, the chaos of the coaching really ramps up again in the new year. You had a birthday recently, didn't you, Jace? Your daughter turned what sixteen? Uh, my daughter turned sixteen. Yeah, just crazy. Been wow. taking her for driving lessons. Um, yeah. <laughs> Thank, thankfully, she's a pretty safe and calm driver, which keeps me pretty calm. So. Yeah, was she, was she born in the UK when you were over there? Was she born in the UK when no, you were over a, there or not? She, well, she, she spent her first seven years there, but we came back in the off-season and had her, and then we, we went back after a few weeks. So, yeah, she spent okay. the first seven years of her life uh, in the UK and came back with a, a little pommy accent, but uh, that, that's gone now, <laughs> thankfully. Um, yeah, she's, a, she's definitely an Aussie kid now. Yeah, good stuff. All right, mate. Enjoy your Christmas. Enjoy your break uh, on in at Tweed, and uh, we'll catch up with you in 2021. Jason Demetrio, yeah. assistant coach from the yeah, Rabbitohs. Thanks for Thanks, joining Jace. us. Look for the green and gold Aussie-made logo to be sure it's authentically Australian-made. We better get to a break, Sats. This is Sports Day for Kia's open season. On now with match-winning deals. When we come back, we'll get into our hot topic on Sports Day. You're listening to Sports Day. Have your say by dropping badge and sats a text. 0477 736 736. That's 0477 736 736. This is Sports Day. We'll be right back. We're back. This is Sports Day for Kia. Kia's open season on now with match-winning deals and red energy for 100% Australian electricity and gas. Now, Hot Topic Time. It's time to get into our hot topic on Sports Day with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews here. one 1533 or shoot us a text, uh, 0477-736-736. We were going to go with your worst performances off the back of uh, India's All Out for 36, but we've received this great text, Sats. On the back of that, you know, we talked about the Dragons getting beaten 70 to 10. Oh, yes. Uh, Blackbutt Saint, he said, yeah, the Dragons put 50 on the Melbourne Storm in the second half of the season. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. But we just saw another text come through on 0477 736 736 from Paul. 
raised a really good point. We were talking about it before mm. off air, and I thought, oh, we forgot to talk about it off the top of the show. Paul says, I think Josh Hazelwood should have won man of the match. Five wickets for eight runs. He won that match. Thanks for your text, Paul. Appreciate that on 0477-736-736. What do you think about that, Sats? Now, the question is, who won the match? Was it Josh Hazelwood in his... Who won the man of the match? Sorry, no. The question is, who who did win the match? Was it Josh Hazelwood with his second innings bowling? Or was it Tim Payne, the eventual man of the match, who got 73 not out when... Took seven catches. Yeah, the Aussies were five for 79. I think Tim Payne. I think deservedly. 73 not uh, on that pitch mm-hmm. at 5 for 79. Um, he he put Australia back into that match, didn't he? Hazelwood took 1 for 47 in the first innings and then, of course, 5 for 8 in the second. Now, just on that as well, 5 for 8, it's, you'd think it'd be the best five-wicket haul you'd ever get as an Australian bowler, but there was a guy by the name of Ernest Toshak who was on the Invincibles Tour of 48 with Bradman. He took... He took five for two. In a test? In 1947. Incredible. So yeah, he was third in, in the line of five-wicket hauls. Um, Hazelwood, five from eight. But Hazelwood, even though he mightn't get many wickets, he's what he's that bowler that ties down the opposition all the time, just with his line length. It's uh, you got Mitch Stark had four wickets in the first. Pat Cummins had three in the first and really good in the second as well. But I'm, I thought Josh <laughs> Hazelwood. I thought Josh Hazelwood because of his second innings. But I'm... I'm starting to sway in favour of, of your argument, Jace, where to come in at 5 for 79, a captain's knock at 73 not out, take seven catches, albeit that's relying on the bowler and the batter to make the mistake. But you've still got to take the catches. Yeah, you do. You do. So I'm he starting took, to think it was it was the perfect captain's captain's knock it, overall. And he took five catches in the second innings mm. as well. He and his, his captaincy was spot on. He didn't. I mean, not that you get a man of the match for being a great captain. That That's part of the job and you've got to deliver that. But I love his poise. He's oh, so poised. And I love the way he was chipping away at Coley on the first day, you know, making a few funny comments. There's nothing, there's nothing bad about it. There's no hatred in it. It's just little chips, little, you know, a bit of Aussie humour thrown in there as well. I, I think he, he deserved it. And again, without that 73 not out, we may have seen a different picture. And it, and But the other argument it also is, is what Paul is alluding to. If Josh Hazelwood doesn't Bowl that perfect line every time. Those nice little off cutters he was getting. Um, they don't. They may get a bigger lead. They I, may get a bigger lead, India. I would say Cummins or Stark would have fixed them up as well, because mm-hmm. Cummins was bowling the house down as well. So, really interesting point you make there, Paul. O four double seven seven three six seven three six. Do you agree with Paul? Should have. Should have Hazelwood got the man of the match from the first test over Payne. Really good point. Thanks for your text, Paul. 0477 736 736. Or give us a call, 1-300-42-1533. That's our hot topic tonight. This is Sports Day for Kia's Open Season. On now with match-winning deals when we come down back. A Racing Queensland update, and we'll get into our good, bad and ugly on Sports Day. You're listening to Sports Day. Have your say by dropping badge and sats a text. 0477 736 736. That's 0477 736 736. This is Sports Day. We'll be right back. We're back. This is Sports Day for Kia. Kia's open season on now with match-winning deals and red energy for 100% Australian electricity and gas. On Sports Day, it's time for a Racing Queensland update. The Tab Queensland Summer Racing Carnival is here. 
Uh, Chris Nelson's got the day off today. Nick Lloyd's filling in. G'day, Nick. How are you going? Yeah, good, mate. Bit of, bit of racing uh, going around in Queensland this week. There is, uh, yeah, there's a few few good race meetings across the across the week in Queensland, uh, kicking off tomorrow on Tuesday for a good card up at Townsville. Uh, they've got the Magic Millions Country Cup qualifier. You know, Langro looks hard to beat there. Um, then on to Wednesday, they've got Metropolitan Racing out of Doom, but on the quick backup after they had races there on Saturday. They had a little bit west out tip switch on Thursday and then obviously Christmas Day break. And we've got Eagle Farm for a few cracking races on Saturday on Boxing Day. So it's certainly a good week to look forward to. Yeah, a little bit going on there, mate. Rightio. Uh, it's summer like you've never seen it. Visit racingqueensland.com.au. Gamble responsibly. Catch you next time, Nick. No worries. Thanks for having me on. Now on Sports Day, it's time for Badge and Sats. The good, the bad and the ugly. Yeah, it is. Uh, let's kick it off tonight with Sats. What is your good, mates? Well, I was going to say my good was the Australian bowling attack. Best since Lily Pascoe, Thompson, Terry Alderman, I'd say. Terry Alderman. I Jeez, he was good in England, wasn't he? Yeah, the swing that he used to get with the ball. Remember when the um, the fan tackled him and he, he busted his shoulder? Yeah. It's never the same after. No. We're going to say good. I'm not going to say good. I'm going to say great because I'm going to do a shout-out to the greatest rugby league caller, if not one of the greatest sports callers we've ever heard, maybe his last season, 2020, calling the rugby league and Ray Rabbits Warren. Oh. How good has he been? Yeah, Not amazing. Tremendous call. Just a tremendous human being. And the best swimming commentator I've heard. Outstanding. And only one of two interviews where we've rang someone on their home phone this year. Him and? The other one was Bob McCarthy. Yep. Old school. Loved yep. it. Good lines too. Nice don't don't call me on my mobile. Call me on my landline. Yeah. What? <laughs> That's right. What's that? <laughs> um, What's good for you? Mate, Dan Christian last night. What a knock. Yeah, 50 great, off wasn't 15 it? balls. Second fastest in T20 history. And, of course, Chris Gale has the fastest. Of 12? 12 balls. 12 balls. That's better than four a ball. Mm. That That is – that's insane. I remember he hit five in one over, five sixes in one over in that in that 50 off 12 balls. But that knock, that knock last night, they, they were going to lose the Sydney Sixers and a, a great knock from Dan Christian. Well done. My bad. Mm-hmm. There's a debate going around at the moment, Sats, that Die Hard isn't a Christmas movie. What is going on with that? See, this is the argument last week because I said planes, trains, automobiles. And Badge goes, nah, that's not a Christmas movie. Well, no, it's based around what's the end result. It's getting home for Christmas. So I agree with you. I think Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Thank you for that. Because if that's not a Christmas movie, nor is Home Alone, that's a movie about uh, neglecting a child, <laughs> leaving him shoved, stuck in a house while some sicko is trying to break into to rob the house. Like, you know, and they're still on their holiday. So if Die Hard is. He should be locked up for that, that kid also. What he <laughs> that's did. Right. I'm scrapping Home yeah. Alone then as well. What do you got as your bad? A uh, 42 year old US man has sued his parents for destroying his adult video and magazine collection. Yes. He won and the parents had to pay him $75,000. Three times what his collection was worth. Really? Only in Were America. Were they collectibles or something? Only in America. <laughs> What's your ugly? My ugly is the footage uh, as emerged showing band Richmond uh, player Sydney Stack who's yeah. uh, been involved in a punch-up in Perth. Of course, he was the player also that broke COVID when they were 
uh, quarantine on the Gold Coast, yep. Richmond. So his future at Richmond doesn't look great. And my ugly Channel 7 and Cricket Australia stash over broadcast rights. Sydney Morning Herald has reported that Cricket Australia considered terminating its contract with Seven and mm-hmm. handing it over to Channel 9. Very interesting, interesting times. Yeah. That's our good, bad and the ugly. This is Sports Day. Open season at Kia with match-winning deals and Australia's best seven-year warranty across the range. You're listening to Sports Day. Have your say by dropping badge and sats a text. 0477 736 736. That's 0477 736 736. This is Sports Day. We'll be right back. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.